Hey people, this is Aram. Before we get started this week, I have an announcement. Wizards of the Coast has asked myself, Carlos, Serena, and other voices from the Chicago area to produce a live Dungeon & Dragons stream. The story will be set in the Forgotten Realms, and the stream will be called Rivals of Waterdeep. We are all flying out to LA the first weekend of June to launch the show with the stream of many eyes and we'll be posting pictures, video, and other behind-the-scenes content on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So be sure to follow Neon Rival on whichever platforms you use. I cannot wait for you to hear and see what we have been working on. Now back to the show. Hey, people. This is Aram. Welcome back to God's Fall, a proud member of Neon Rival. Join the collective at neonrival.com. When we last left Ariska and Haldir, they had made their way west on Haldir's fog cutter, sailing between the southern tip of Kadar and the beaches of the northernmost Republic of Wessel, Ankara. Once through the strait, they turned south and headed towards Black Fang Bay. My name is Joe, and I play Lord Haldir Moran, the sixth level High Elf Warlock. My name is Serena, and I play Caitlin Wainwright, a level six human rogue. My name's Allison, and I play Ariska Tane, an eighth-level human bard. <laughs> My name is Michael. I play Fesson Arani, a second-level wild elf fighter. My name is Carlos, and I play Thrallmark, a sixth-level undying orc warrior. So what I want from each of you is what your character plans to do over the next five days as you all round the top of Wessel and head south towards Black Fang Bay. Paul Deere, you were trying to center yourself and refine where your center of power now lies that your patron has switched so many times recently. Every time you focus and meditate, you feel this force, this energy, this darkness tendrilling all around you, and then this feeling that someone is staring right behind you. And every time you keep, you try and keep your will together, you try and not be afraid, but it's just overwhelming. And every single time as you're turning, you get a little bit closer, but you always get ripped out of the dream at the last minute, and you never are able to see quite who's behind you, but you're getting close to it. You feel like every time you turn a little bit further, your eyes see a little bit more. And Ariska, you've basically just been going around the ship, trying to make everyone actually generally like you because you recognize you're gonna run out of your love potion at some point. So I would like, I would like three charisma rolls from you. I'm terrible with those. How is that possible? Oh <laughs> well, there's, no! Oh my god! Oh no! That's two. Two natural ones. Two natural ones and uh, nineteen. Mm -hmm. 
So the first week, you decide, I'm gonna dial the potion back a bit. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're overcompensating, if you're getting nervous because you're getting a close, but it's like all of a sudden awkward Ariska comes out and awkward Ariska does not exist. But you have this like continuous weird interactions with each crewmate, like almost it's like it's at a Seinfeld, right? You're just not quite getting there. And then you start to feel a little nervous and you panic. And the next night you add double the drops. For the next day, the crew is worthless. Every time you see them, they just flock around you. It's almost like they're looking for autographs to the point where you have to lock yourself in your cabin just so the ship can get moving. Spend the whole day in there. You kind of settle yourself. Remember who I am. You walk out there, you put the correct dosage, minus eight little, and you kind of feel like you're back into your groove. And you kind of reestablish your position over the crew. The whole time you've been doing this, you really haven't seen Hall Deer. He's been spending a lot of time in his cabin. Vessin, you work hard, you write more, and relatively it's kind of good for you. Like this is a nice five calm days. Nice. It's on the morning of the sixth day. It's the 12th of Gaidon. You pass through the strait, still several days away from where you need to be in Black Fang Bay, but you're about halfway down Wessel right now. And the two of you just happen to be on deck at the same time. I would like perception rolls from both of you. So that's an eight from Ariska. 17. You're kind of like looking from crew to crew, thinking some thoughts, a little distracted in the moment. The sunrise is beautiful. You are distracted by none of these things. So you are staring straight south as the ship is cutting south, and you see what looks like a tendril of smoke on the horizon in the water. Where am I on the ship? Let's say you're towards the bow, and a risk is more around where the ship wheel is. I walk up to the ship wheel, and I look at the navigator, and I say, do you see the smoke? The navigator kind of squints. No, sir. Is there anybody else around me that's not the navigator? <laughs> yes, there is. There's one other person there, yeah. Do you see the smoke? All right, and she is like... <laughs> they both are looking back. She sees the other guy looking back towards the back of the ship and looks back towards the back of the ship. It's like, no, sir, I don't see it either. Fucking useless. I hit the one guy with the back of my hand oh! on his head. Not too hard. Not hard enough to, like, jar him. Not hard enough to, like, get his attention, right? right? And then I just point to where the smoke is. She saw you smack the other guy, got a little nervous and scanned the horizon and, oh, oh, yes, sir, yes, sir. There's, there's definitely smoke on the horizon. That's gotta be from a ship. The distance it's at, we should be there in about 15 minutes, sir. Yes, take us there. All right, and she turns the wheel a bit, the sails fill. You feel the ship speed up a bit. As you look south, you're now seeing this black column of smoke as well. Ariska is at this point like full-on pirate. Green pantaloons and a black kind of lace top thing. Um, bodice. With no sleeves. Yeah, a bodice. Yeah, definitely it's a bodice. Ariska has a seamstress with her at all times. Oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> She's wearing a scimitar and a couple of daggers tucked into her belt. Struts up onto the stern. We've changed course. What's, what's going on? There's a burning ship on the sea. We're going to investigate. Let's go then. Take your place next to Haldir and the navigator and the man at the helm, and you watch as your ship sails ever south towards this column of smoke, which soon splits into two, and then three, and then four, 
and then fire explodes onto the horizon as a fully engulfed Kadarian warship sails into view. The entirety of its deck and rigging is ablaze and it appears to be sinking. Another ship comes into view, half submerged and blackened. A third ship comes into view, a smaller ship, perhaps a merchant vessel that's been reduced to simply a burnt out hull. Haldir, roll to see if you recognize any of the ships. 18. One of them is one of the original supply ships that Jacob Cladivo gave to Kadar called the Refuge. And one of them is one of their main attack ships called the Broadsail. And both of them are fully engulfed. You're both handed spy glasses. And you guys are kind of scanning over the ships in front of you. And you see that one of them is still on fire. The rest of them are kind of smoldering. All of them have burned at some point. You can't see any crew on these. They're just listing husks of ships. Nobody in the water? No one in the water whatsoever. And as you're getting a closer, the smoke is getting thicker and the wind is dying down almost to nothing. Ariska has a sense of where we're going and why. We're still several days out though, right? Oh yeah, you're several days out. Hmm. If this was the pirate you're looking for, then he has drastically expanded his reach. From what you know, they have two ships. For them to take out six vessels, mm -hmm. including a warship, seems very unlikely. I look to uh, to the nearest crew member, sound the alarm, set the crew to battle stations. These loud ship battle bells stations. being rung battle behind stations. you. Are there any cannons on the ship? They're on a large weapon. It's like a small yacht. Okay. So there's not enough room for them, but they do have boats. Is there a shore nearby or are we out in the middle no, of the No, you guys are being, there would be a shore about half a day's journey west. Yeah, you've been avoiding it because there's a lot of traffic along it. Right. So you've been a little deeper out. I think it's a good idea to put the fog up. Whose job is that? You just call out for it. Fog! In Elven, I assume. Yes. Right. Can I hear? A couple of them go to the edges and they start almost patting the boat, running their hands over the rail, singing softly in Elven, and the boat begins to create this blanket of fog that extends in all directions. maybe 100 feet in front as it's billowing out and then behind you, it's wider on the sides and much wider on the back, obviously. This is essentially a trail of ships is what I'm imagining. It seems like you're entering a ship graveyard. Your ship is slowing down as it's entering because the wind has died down. You're approaching the first one on the left now and it is almost half sunk. The fire's out on it and it's just smoldering. I reach out and just put my hand gently on his shoulder. Look how well we're working together. As I do that, I'm casting non-detection on him. Roll me a perception roll, Haldir, to see if you notice. Natural 20. You know exactly what she's done. You know that she's cast magic on you. You know that it's supportive. You even know that you are now harder to detect because of the magic she's cast on you. Yeah. It because I have the, the ring. It would have been right? doing this the same thing. So she just kind of uh, doubled up on you, okay. which, but she didn't know. She doesn't know about the ring. Exactly. So that, that tells me, one, that she had, has no idea that I know. And yeah. did she cast it on herself? Can I She tell? cast it on you. Only you. Okay. Um, I guess I just look at her, and I give her a little bit, like a slight nod, and then I look forward again. We saw that there's no survivors on the one ship. Have right. we seen the others? You pass the one on the left, and literally as you're passing it, 
it just goes blub, 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 and just goes straight down and sinks into the ocean and is gone. If you've ever seen a ship sink, it's slow, 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 and then so fast, and they're just gone. As you're approaching the one on the right, it's kind of slowly spinning in a circle. So the bow of the ship is coming around as you're approaching it, and the bow is soaked in blood. You can actually see it lapping off the ship as it rocks back and forth and spilling into the ocean around you. No sign of bodies. I'd like to keep going. We'll keep on the path All right. and continue using the spyglass to see if there are any bodies, any people that we can see on the ships or in the water next to the ships or anywhere at all. Same. Ariska is uh, kind of scanning with the spyglass as well, but as she is, she starts to giggle a little bit. <laughs> this is delicious. I cannot wait to meet who did this. The crew's going to love you for that. <laughs> yeah, the rest you of the, probably will. The rest of the crew is pretty fucking tense. But they're like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As the fog cutter glides through the smoking graveyard, two more ships are gliding towards you that are smoking. One of them is fully engulfed in fire. And then in the center, you can see one more vessel. And that vessel looks just fine. Anybody on it? It's a little far. Roll perception. See if you can see anything. Can I get a roll in here too? Totally. 10. Uh, yeah, so 22. You don't see anything. You're staring through it, and you don't see anything going on on the deck, but you do see oars. And they all come out, six on one side, six on the other, almost mechanically. Lower to the water level at the exact same time and stroke. Stroke, and the ship begins to turn towards you. Well, that's strange. Are we in the fog? Like we are you definitely in the fog. They should be able to see us. They absolutely should not be able to see you. Hmm. This is most curious. A bit vexing, actually. I'm 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 vexed. Vessen, because you're a young equipment, you have your duties that take up most of your time, but you also have kitchen prep. So you're down there peeling potatoes right now. Do you have like a little potato song that you sing to make potato <laughs> peeling potato easier? Song. I strip and peel my potato song every single day. And if I could, I would just want to run away. Oh, God. Wow. All right. So that's what you're doing the whole time. As the ship is approaching, the oars are out in this mechanical precision. As it gets closer, you can see a single person on the deck towards the back of the ship. Definitely an orc, large wolf next to her. Shoulders and head taller than she is. And the skull of this wolf is bare. All the flesh has been peeled back. It's just this gnawing skull with two fleshy eyes within it. That's pretty badass. 
I don't say that. Haldir says she was. <laughs> so Haldir, as he's looking, admires the discipline of the rowing and the badassness of the wolf. I guess we keep going. Uh, let's ram him. No. Uh, so, Ramming speed. Not really that type of vessel, sir. <laughs> Could you grow a ram out the front of that thing? It is made out of ironwood, so it's very, very tough, but it's small. So I think we have to still have the assumption that they can't see us. They're turning around because they are going where they want to go without any consideration for what our ship is. They also could just see, see a big fog, fog billowing right. towards them. <laughs> right. could be that too. It's interesting that they'd be going into the fog, but I guess at this point they don't they, they shouldn't know. So I'd like to steer around them, but still when we pass them, be close enough to see more of what's happening on the ship. Are you going left or right to go around them? Uh, uh, directly in the center is the ship. So you're heading directly towards that ship right now. And the shore is uh, to the, the shore left. Shore is to the left, correct, to the west. But it's still like, is it half a day? It's still like half journey, a day away. So it's yeah. not going to be that close. I'm going to say we pass to the right. You give orders to go starboard. The ship swings about 20 degrees to the right to make a casual pass around her. And as soon as you make the course a correction, so does the other ship. How far off is it at this point? It's about five minutes away now. Five minutes of us going? Of you guys going towards, towards each, each other. other. Correct. At the rate you are approaching each other, it's about five minutes away. Hmm. One 1,000, two 1,000. More potato song, please. <laughs> to Haldir, this is most strange. How do you suppose it is that they're seeing us in the midst of all of this lovely fog of yours? Is there a detect magic spell? Is that a real thing? Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. As a distance, though. Which is probably more than five minutes away. It is a range. For the duration, you sense the presence of magic within 30 feet of you. Is there any spell that Hal Haldir would know of that would allow somebody else to see either through fog or see or know of some kind of other magical, powerfully magical person or creature within, you know, a mile radius or however long? Arcana. That's a five. It's definitely Gadar. That's how they're finding you. It's absolutely 100% gaydar. So I turn to Ariska and I say, it's probably because you're gay. <laughs> oh <my> <laughs> queer, sweetheart. I'm I prefer sorry. queer. I'm sorry. What I'm concerned about here is that they're honing in on my divinity. Seven. It could be your divinity. You're just not sure. So here's an interesting sort of in-world mechanical question. That non-detect spell that I cast on Haldir yes. works with any kind of divination. Yes. That would not work with like godstones in this world, right? It would not work with godstones in this world. However, he has something on top of that that would. With that non-detect spell, you didn't cast that on yourself. No, I cast it on you, but I could cast it again if I wanted to. Yep. But you know for a fact it will not block Godstone. Yeah, so that's that's there's no point in doing that. Well, not necessarily. We don't know they have a Godstone. That's true. You should probably hide yourself as well. Ariska looks at you, kind of cocks her head for a moment. That's a very good idea. She turns around in a circle, and when she completes the circle, it's not Ariska anymore. It's a 12-year-old elvish girl. Daddy, protect me from them. I'm scared. I look down at her and totally ignore her and look forward like nothing <laughs> exceptional occurred. One heavy sigh. Shake my head back and forth just imperceptibly and then look forward, try and decide what we're going to do because clearly Ariska is useless. And, and as you do, as you sigh, she kind of looks up at you and whispers, 
don't fuck this up. (laughs) (laughs) So we're still heading at each other, right? Straight to each other. And every time we move, they move to compensate to literally ram us. It would seem so. I'd like to try and put a ship between us. It's like one of the burning ones. Excellent. So if you swung right, hard right now, if they swung a hard right, you'd, by the time you approach each other, that ship would still be in between you. That's what I'd like to do. The wind now has died completely. So you're just gliding forward on momentum, but you're not getting any more speed. Is there any unique way that these ships control their speed, whether it's slowing down or speeding up? or They can't actually propel themselves. They can change their shape and take more advantage of the wind, but they can't really propel themselves. There are oars on board if you wanted the crew to break out oars. Yeah, that's great. So right. especially because the other ship has oars, so they're going to be catching up. I'd like to be able to at least match pace with them, especially because uh, my goal will be to keep the other ship between us to the oars, to the oars. Man, the oars. So they run down. It's not perfect synchronicity, but the oars drop the water line. They hit the water line. They're shouting, row, row, row in Elven, basically. Your crew gets your ship turned around and you begin to paddle away. As you look back, you get a much closer look at the woman. She stands almost seven feet tall. Her hair is wild and black, and her armor is formed of bones and meat and sinew. It seems almost alive around her, and her eyes this like coals as she stares after you. Yeah, that's pretty badass. Vesson, at this point, you've seen smoke outside the window. In fact, it's gotten thick enough where your eyes are burning a bit because it's inside the ship. Mm. You see that you have deployed your defensive fog, and you are approaching now a burning ship. It's not my place to wonder about those kinds of things. Peeled potato. Peeled potato. You have now finished your last potato. so your potato's been peeled. You could continue, though. There's onions to prep and greens to wash. I mean, you could just keep working as if nothing was going on. Well, I think since nothing's going on, I'm just going to go pet the goat for a little while. I know that we're supposed to cook it eventually, but but it kind of calms me down. What if you name the goat? George. So there's this little, like, young goat... And George is affectionate and really fluffy. And every time you go to pet George, he kind of nibbles at your leg and headbutts you and headbutts you over and over. And even though I know I'm doing a little slight bit of rebellion right now, I reach over and I grab a carrot and I feed it to George. George takes the carrot from your hand and George has just just enough rope to kind of get towards one of the ports. And for some reason, George likes to munch on the food you hand it to him. So in this case, a carrot and stare out the window at the ocean. You don't know why, but it's okay, George seems happy. It's for you. One day, George, maybe we'll both get out of here. Once we have the burning ship in between the the two ships and the one that's coming at us, slow down to see what the other ship is going to do. Is it going to plow right through the burning ship? Is it going to try and go around? Is it going to wait for it to sink? How close is the burning ship to sinking, by the way? It's listing a little bit towards you guys. So it's kind of leaning this way. It looks like it could roll over. 
maybe half an hour if it keeps burning at the rate it is. The other ship has stopped as well on the other side. You're looking over the top of this burning ship that is completely sideways to you right now. So between this smoke and rolling flame, you can see this orc who is now standing at the front of her ship. Her wolf is next to her. She is covered in blood and bone armor and is smiling broadly at you. Is there anyone else in the ship? You see another orc, large. His skin is blue, like he's died. It looks almost like a corpse walking towards you, but it doesn't look like a zombie. It's not dragging, it's not distant. He's very clear, very focused, obviously looking directly at this woman. Walks directly up to her and kind of leans in and she leans back and he's saying something to her while his eyes are locked on your ship. Do you know who this is? No, but I have my suspicions. Do I have a sense that we could outrun them? No, they have more rowers. They have twice as many rowers. So unless that wind kicks back up, you're not sure how you would. What do you see? They look scary. Can we can we leave, please? Would I have a sense that we also can't outrun these people? That You, you can see that they have twice as many rowers as yeah. you do. Well, uh, we're not getting away. I'd like to know this, the relative sizes of the ship. Not only is it larger than yours, but you recognize this ship. It is one of the warships of the Wesselian Navy. Most of the duties of protecting Wessel are left up to a combination of Kadar and Brennus. Both of them have ships and interest in the area, so they kind of have a combined force where they look over it as a neutral territory. But this is one of their ships, and you don't know how she has it or why she would have it. And I know how many people it takes to row the oars. If you have about eight... She is about 16 to 20. A double the amount. I'd like to send over a delegation. I want to use one of our life one of our lifeboats. Um, I want to see basically whether or not it gets slaughtered on site. So let's grab some useless crew members. Uh, make sure to include Besson. Um, so I, I look around <laughs> and I start barking orders. Um, yeah, lower a rowboat, get a crew. And then I lean in and I say, somebody useless. How about Vesson? Do I hear that? Yes. No, Daddy, not Vesson. I like him. He's nice. Hush, daughter, the adults are talking. You know, everyone saw her transform a la Wonder Woman in a big flourish in front of the entire crew. It wasn't a secret. No one believes she's your kid. They know exactly who she is. This weird little role-playing you guys are doing in front of everyone is creepy. But they do what you say. And it's kind of mutter to themselves as they go about it, like, fucking freaks. So he goes off and he starts pulling a crew together. He turns towards the door. And he's out of your guys' line of sight at this, at this point. But he turns towards the door to go get Vesson. And then he just seems to, like, stop and stare. And he shakes his head. And he's like, you three. And he points to three elves that are just there and around the crew. The, the three lowliest elves, but not Vesson. And they get aboard a rowboat, and they're being lowered. And as they're being lowered, I'd like perception rolls. 10. 21. The boat is lowered and begins to row to get around this burning ship, because I'm assuming you're keeping it in between you two. Yes. For a second, you lose sight of them. 
as they pull behind this burning column of flame. A moment later, the boat just glides past you and there's no one on it. The oars are gone and it's empty. I would like to find the nearest archer. Okay. I want to take him. Yeah. Well, take his bow. Okay. And an arrow. Knock him to the side, grab his bow and arrow. I want to light the arrow on fire so I'll be able to see it still. I want to fire it to the point where the rowboat is. These arrows, because they're summoned from the ship, are either normal arrows or glow arrows, which if you fire them, give you basically a ball of light that carries along with the arrow. You whisper a few words in Elven as you knock the arrow. The head of it flares brilliantly like daylight, and you fire it towards... Uh, I fire it towards the robo. I would like you to roll to hit. 15. Flams into the inside of the rowboat, and the whole thing is now lit up brilliantly. There's nobody inside the rowboat. Roll perception. 21. There's no one inside the rowboat. And you're looking around, and, look around, and your eye kind of naturally goes to the waterline near the rowboat to see if you can see any, anyone there. And then you can see a body, but it's moving. And there's another body, and then another one. And then your eyes go wide as you notice that the water is filled with bodies, and they're all swimming towards your ship. My ship. Your ship. Have I have I perceived any of this? Go ahead and roll perception as well. Yeah, 23. You just see it now too. It's filled with bodies. Do I know how many Dozens bodies? Of them. Dozens, Dozens, Dozens of them. Dozens of them, and they're all swimming towards your ship. So zombie swimmers in the water, lots of them. Very unusual situation. With such a high perception roll, as they pass through the light, you can see that one's half the head is missing on one, and the brain is exposed, and the arm has been torn open on the other, and worms and like sea slugs are bursting out of the mouth of another one. Yeah, you can tell there's something wrong. They're definitely zombies. Can I get any sense of what might be motivating all of this? From someone who's used to being in command, Uh the other orc who walked up to the first one looks like a lieutenant. She's definitely calling the shots. So I'm gonna take a risk here. A risk size. Snaps her fingers and is immediately herself again in her perfect pirate costume. And orders the nearest crew member to run up uh, the flag of parlay. I'd like to have a conversation with whoever is running the show over there on that ship. So you run up a bright yellow flag, just a solid gold flag that is the symbol of, hold on a second, let's have a conversation. Mm -hmm. You run that flag up and she laughs and keeps staring right at you with this broad, creepy smile, but nothing seems to change except the swimmers are closer. We may not be able to outrow her ship, but we can certainly outrow these whatever they are. Do you want to try? Do I know, uh, can I see these as well as zombies? One of them swam directly into the ship, caught on fire, and is pushing himself around the ship, but the fire doesn't seem to be bothering him. His flesh is bubbling and cracking, his bone is being exposed, and it's not slowing him down at all. Yep, time to go. I don't know anything about winds, but from the very little I learned from Castaway, as the winds blow certain directions based on the month or the time of the year. That's Do true. I have an idea of where the winds are likely to blow next? The winds were in general blowing south. What I'd like to do is cut towards the shore, kind of at an angle, I guess. And but I don't want to actually go at the shore. So you're going up next south to the shore, so we'll still be able to be going close more to towards it. the shore. Right, right. 
the crew is getting an idea of what's happening now. Seems a little spooked. Oars are a little shaky. They're not really rowing at once. And it takes a little longer than you would have liked for that ship to turn around. By the time it's fully turned around, you're now seeing orcs or zombies, or whatever the hell this is, surface close to your ship as you begin rowing. Zombies have started grabbing the oars. Hands reaching up, grabbing. You can see your crew fighting. The first oar goes down, then two more get lost on the left-hand side. The rest are still rowing, but you're slowing down as you're losing oars. What are the oars made out of? They're made out of the same wood as the ship. That wood doesn't burn, does it? No. Mm -mm. Do we have oil on the ship, cooking oil or anything like that? I mean, not in the quantities that you need to do something with because the ship provides its own bioluminescent thing, so not really, no. We just lost one more ore. Are there any, what are the weapons on this ship? The weapons on this ship are formed from the ship. When they want to fire long distance, they summon bows and arrows and they have long bows, so they have distance. When they want to fight hand to hand, they'll summon spears, shields, that kind of thing. Comes right out of the ship. How dexterous are these elves? They're pretty good. I mean, they're elves, first of all. They're wood elves on top of that, and they're sailors, so they know how to jump in. So they're, I mean, if they were humans, you would consider them Olympic athletes. How many are there on the ship? 16. I'm down with 16. 16. 16 sounds really good. But now it's 13. But now it's 13. Okay, well, so we've got eight people rowing, five people, well, less than eight people rowing. How many rows well, have the, we well, lost? The, well, I mean, they can generate new ores. Oh. So as there, it takes like a minute for them to get a new ore and put it into the water, but they're still fighting. You can definitely see hands now crawling up the side and bodies coming out of the water as they're coming up the sides of the ship. Fighting positions for everybody on deck. Get your bows, your spears for close combat. Like, let's get the zombies off the ship. Oriska. Yes? Do you have any bread ideas? Now you ask me. Draws the cutlass. She has a hand crossbow in the other hand and turns to the boards to see what's coming over. Since you're on the quarterdeck, you have height over the rest of the ship, and you can see that zombies are now swarming the deck from all sides. Haldir's elves have summoned ironwood spears and shields to meet them at the rails, but at this rate, they will soon be overwhelmed. You look toward the waterline and notice that a handful of the creatures are slithering into the lower decks via open portholes, a few of them climbing into a storage room just off the mess. And that takes us to you, Vessi. I'm assuming I heard some bells or something. Bells shouting, you feel the ship turning around, and then you just hear this kind of low grumble. Gnashing teeth, stomachs, and like all the insides you would hear of a person making noise amplified, almost as if it's being yelled at you. And suddenly there's a dark hand in the window and a face appears. Probably an orc but all the skin has been ripped off the left side of its face and its eye socket is empty, but it's still moving and trying to focus on you. I grab the, the peeling knife and I stab at its face. You'll get a free attack and then initiative. Roll to hit. I swear if you kill Vasen. He's got a chance to live. Nine for initiative. What is a uh, zombie? Put them in at 19. Okay. But you also get a free attack, so go ahead and roll to hit. 19. 
screaming. You haven't stopped screaming. You just sprint across the mess and slam ah! a kitchen knife directly into this thing's forehead. And you see its one good eye kind of roll up into the back of its head, its hand loosen, and it slides. And you're a splash. Instantly, there's their face in the window and also one window down. I would grab uh, whatever the the biggest knife was around, and uh, I sneak into the um, uh, pantry, and I hide there, holding uh, holding George as tightly as I can. You uh, grab a meat cleaver mm -hmm. off of the table, shink, and you go running into the back, and you slam the door, and there's no lock on it, but you kind of like pull it tight, and you're like a like a wet thud, several of them outside, and then like a. You hear tables being roughly shifted to the side, and then you just hear sounds of animals screaming. A couple chickens, a pig, just screaming in horror as they're being torn apart. And you hear like wet blood hit the ground, and you can just smell death all around you. Shh, George, we're going to have to be really quiet. You're gonna have to be so brave. Animal handling. <laughs> Roll animal handling, thank you. Uh, so one, uh, but not a natural, not a botch, but like a, a one. Just looking down at this little goat, like you're gonna have to be so safe, you're gonna be so careful. And the goat looks at you and goes, nah! and a couple of zombies hear him and then begin to shuffle towards you. Back to you guys. Now they're coming up the sides. Your archers are firing and firing and they turn to you and you're like, sir, you should get below deck. Did I see the, the zombies going into under deck? You absolutely did. They apparently did not. And I say, no, we should get up and start to climb the mast. Okay. What are you gonna do? You're already climbing the mast? Well, I guess I'm walking towards the mast. I'm at the mast because I just ran up the parley. <sighs> Ariska steps back with her back to the mast. I guess I'm looking to see what you're doing, Haldir. I'm moving towards the mast to go up the mast. Uh, she looks at you and then, and with a little sarcasm, after you, sweetheart. Give me a strength roll for a climb. 15. No problem whatsoever. You have been up this mast a bunch of times. You know this ship well, and you just start climbing very quickly up the mast. What is Ariska doing? I wait until you're about halfway up and then start up as well. You're about halfway up at this point. So now you can see over the deck and it is just a roiling mass of bodies all around you. They're continuing to climb up the sides of the ship. And as they climb, as someone gets fingers in, another body climbs up them and like uses their head to get up to the neck. Like they're just kind of this mass of ants crawling all over each other as they swarm to the deck of the ship. People are still firing, but they're getting within five or six feet now of the edge. You think within the next round, they'll start reaching towards the top. And you said there was dozens of them? Dozens of them. Is there an end in sight? Aside from the woman in charge of the ship, this is it. There's about four, maybe five dozen zombies now around you. There was probably about a hundred to begin with. Your sailors have killed many of them, but they still keep coming. Things aren't looking good. And some of them are already inside your ship. Yeah. Even together, we don't have the power to, to 
hold off those kinds of numbers. So that means either this is our very last right. session yes, together, exactly or I thought. there's something else really interesting that's about to happen. Okay, so I, I guess I yell down to the guards, um, to the mast, because I'd like them up here instead of down there where they're going to die. They nod, yes, sir, and they take a couple more shots as they're backing up. And then just as the hands reach the railing, they break and run. I roll two ones. So they break and turn to run, and two of them just kind of slam into each other and stumble to the side, and hands reach up and just grab their arms, grab their legs, drag them off the side, screaming. But the other four make it to the mast and are climbing up after you as these zombies stumble and pour onto the deck. One of them vaults over it, lands, looks around, and is scouring the deck. Clearly has a mind in his head. It's that same large blue-skinned one you saw earlier. So let's cut back to Vesson real quick as you guys are climbing this mast. Okay, Vesson realizes the gig is up. No point, in, no point in trying to hide. He's not going to die hiding. He's going to die screaming at these things. And so he grabs his cleaver and moves into initiative. He throws open the door, slams open, and three zombies, one kind of near you to the left and two on the other side of the room, turn their heads, kind of look at you with cocked heads, and lunge towards you. I would like you to roll first. I am going to head for the center one and cleave his head. Natural 20. You run right up to the first one and just slam your meat cleaver directly into its forehead. Cuts deep right down to the bridge of his nose and then like and then collapses to the ground and your blade perfectly right out of it. A little spurt of blood kind of turn towards the other two as they're descending upon you. I'm going to take this opportunity to use my action surge and use my additional action to cleave the second one. All right, roll to hit. So, seven. Mm. Yeah, so you pull the meat cleaver out the first one, you downed it easily, you're going to swing at the second one, and you just whiff it as they close in on you. All right, now I'm going to use my bonus action to yeah. run 30 feet away. Okay. All right, Actually, so, 35 feet away because I am a wood elf. Right. Where are you going to run? Hopefully, out of the galley. Okay, so you want to run up or down? Uh, down. So you sprint down further into the bowels of the ship, and this is where the uh, pumps are and all the mosses where they clean the water. So this is kind of how the ship breathes, basically. And it's lower here, and you can like there's crawl spaces to the front and back. Where do you want to go? I want to use my wood elf ability to hide alongside with uh, moss and sort of embed myself in the moss as best as I can, clutching my meat cleaver. So you kind of like push back into this wet sea moss, right? And it's all dripping and like there's, it's encrusted with salt as it's been cleaning the salt out of the ocean water that it takes in. You kind of lean back and you're as quiet as you can be. Unfortunately, you didn't bring the goat with you. So as you're leaning back, you're up. 
and silence, and then footsteps as several people are slowly thumping their way down to the lower deck. Thank you for listening to God's Fall, Episode 78, The Ship of the Dead. And thank you to all of our Kickstarter and BackerKit supporters of the God's Fall Worldbook. I have finally been able to confirm that the physical copies are in Chicago, and I will be able to pick them up no later than the first week of June. The second they're in my hands, I will be sending shipping and address updates to all backers so I can confirm where to send them, and then books will immediately go out. Additionally, all backers will be getting a special discount code for our next book, Rise of the Demigods, as thanks for your patient support. You will also get first pick on Kickstarter. All print copies of the World Book are sold, but we always have PDFs available at worldbook.godsfall.com. For more information about God's Fall or to learn about the other shows I help write and produce, check out our podcasting collective at neonrival.com. For behind-the-scenes videos and tons of extra content, check out patreon.com slash vardian. So thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time in the world of the five kingdoms. <laughs>